another very special edition of the fifth quarter podcast glad to have you with us here on this thursday october the 21st george Koff, desmond mclaughlin with you and we are joined by a very special guest here on this week's podcast desmond my good friends matthew and ali they are going to join us here and make some picks they come to texas a&m as well and uh Nice to have some Aggies outnumber the Houston Cougar here on this week's podcast. How are you doing, Desmond? Doing fantastic, George. As I said, great season of sports, MLB playoffs, NBA is coming back, and we have college football. What can go wrong? Can't get any better. It's also nice, you know, celebrate your birthday around the same time for me. You know, oh, that's that, right. Have that, that <laughs> belated birthday there, uh, Tuesday was indeed the celebration. But we'll welcome in Matthew and Allie and, and, uh, Matthew, obviously, big sports buff. How are you doing on this uh, Thursday? Uh, pretty good, you know. I'm just looking forward to NBA starting up yesterday. And sports are in full swing, all of them, really. What say you, Allie? What about you? I'm really excited because as an Astros fan myself, we're doing pretty good. So I'm ready for the ready for the series to end and go into the World Series. There you go. Got some Astros, got some Red Sox fans, got some Rangers, got got the whole, you know, the whole uh, the whole jambalaya, whole enchilada, if you will. But uh, Desmond, you think we should get right into this? I think we should. All righty. Episode eight of the fourth season starts right now as we kick off what was a very ho-hum game. AM beating Missouri on the road, obviously avoided a Bama-type hangover able to just kind of do what you need to do. We talked about Missouri's run defense being really, really bad. And Desmond, they were really, really bad. I think AM had close to 300 rushing yards. It was a 21 to nothing lead in the first quarter. It was over after that. Uh, your thoughts? No, I'll definitely say that you hit it before on the head, George. Because um, I had an average game, but as I always say, a win is a win. Yep. Um, but that the rushing was just insane. I looked at the numbers, it's like, wow. And I think y'all have a great chance of winning out the rest of the season. I know y'all um, have a couple games that are iffy, but I'd give them the benefit of the doubt saying y'all finished two losses, which is not a bad season. Yeah, no, and I think, you know, you talk about the run game was crazy. Isaiah Spiller and A-Chain, they combined for 36 carries, 292 yards and three touchdowns on the ground. That's just that's unstoppable, really, especially for Missouri run defense that has allowed close to 350 yards per game. Uh, Matthew and Allie, anything you guys wanted to add on the game that happened on Saturday? Um, I mean, going into it, I could tell that, you know, it, it wasn't going to be a good game with Spiller and Chain in the backfield going against one of the worst run defenses in college football. You know, there's not much hope for Mizzou. And I think you summed it up right there. We've all said it. the run game is bad. And, you know, this Missouri offense is kind of underrated. Basilek has a chance. He has an arm. You have to give me that. He has an arm. He threw for 350 yards on this on this AM defense that the pass defense isn't necessarily the strength. But you, so you have to give some benefit of the doubt there. I think the problem with Missouri right now is they're still trying to figure out their identity. And they haven't, at this point in the season, you have to have had your identity and where you are. AM's a run first team. We saw that, why they lost to Arkansas, why they lost to Mississippi State. And I think for Missouri, not having that identity, forget it. I mean, you know, now they have, they still have to face Georgia, Desmond. Missouri still has to face Georgia, Arkansas, and I believe South Carolina. So not a great, uh, not a great 
schedule left for the Tigers, but you mentioned it for the Aggies, a chance to win out. They do need Alabama to lose one more time uh, to get that elusive SEC championship game appearance. But you take it one game at a time. South Carolina's due up at Kyle Field. Desmond, your thoughts. Uh, who wins this game? Uh, I think we win this game pretty easily. I have a 31 17. Um, yeah, I think it's been a good win. And then what about our guests there, Matthew and Allie? What do you guys have for this game? Uh, we also have AM coming back to Kyle Field. I just don't see us losing. Score prediction. Uh, let's go 35-17. Okay, okay. Yeah, I'm going to jump on this on the same boat. 38-20. I think the only big thing is Zeb Noland. He's the grad assistant turned quarterback that now is going to be the starting quarterback for South Carolina the rest of the way because their starter got injured. Um, I think he could really pose some problems for AM, especially they keep describing him as a coach on the field, uh, which I think could be a concern. You know, you have a guy that's a really good decision maker. It's kind of like having an old school, really old backup in the NFL, Desmond. When you have like, look at tonight, Case Keenum starting for the Browns over Baker because Baker's hurt. You have that experience and typically that helps you get somewhere. So I think that could pose a problem. That's why I don't think Anum covers the 19 and a half point spread, but I do think it's going to be one of those games that may probably in the third quarter, it starts to become a pretty, you know, you know, what game, what, you know, who's going to win. Um, so of course, Saturday night on the SEC network, 630 kickoff from Kyle field, move forward to Desmond school and the Houston Cougars Desmond, they were a off week this past week. And coach Hogerson, uh, he said to the media quote, this team is fresh and ready to go for the second half of the season. Um, what do you, what do you have to say about, you know, being able to start the, you know, go five and one into the break. And now you got six games left. What is the mentality of this team? Sure, you heard the coach already, man. Um, I'm not really too nervous about this game this week, at least with Blau. And also, it's our homecoming game. So I'm expecting, like, a lot of people are supposed to go to the game. Um, hopefully, I'll make the game, too. But we'll see. <laughs> um, but, yeah, and I'm just ready for the, the big game against SMU next week because that's going to be a huge test. And I think if we win that game, um, definitely it would be – like a huge boost to our chances for the conference championship. Absolutely. Especially with Cincinnati, just doing what they yeah. need to do. You start to look at the three powers, Houston, SMU and Cincinnati. And, you know, SMU of course, being the only one staying in the American with Houston, Cincinnati off to the big 12 in a few years. I think that's a big, you know, big, making a big statement for these three teams to maybe, you know, show that they are the best of the best, the cream of the crop. Matthew and Allie, about Houston Cougars. What do you guys uh, want to say? Uh, we we agree. We don't think this is going to be a game. I honestly think it's going to be a blowout uh, for in Houston's favor. We got Houston 42-23. I like that score. I like that. You know, what's funny is that's almost my exact score prediction. I got 41-23. I think uh, Houston's a good team. Um, Desmond mentioned it, the showdown between SMU and Desmond. That game is going to be a very good game, I think. Yeah. Defensively, too. I think we're underrating SMU's defense. Um, you remember the Memphis SMU game a few years ago, that game day went to, I mm -hmm. think we're going to get the same vibes, SMU Houston. And that's of course a rivalry game too, I believe, uh, way back when from the Southwest conference era. So, um, should be a good one. Desmond, who do you have in this one? You said, of course, Houston. Oh, obviously. <laughs> obviously Houston, um, 31, 13. 
But I do like the confidence you have in our offense, though, putting up points. I mean, remember what we talked about with Ethan a few weeks ago? You well, yeah, he said that it all relies on Clayton Tune and how well he plays. And I think, you know, yeah, and I think with a pretty good lately, but again, you never know. You never know. And I think with a bye week, that's something you probably saw Hogerson work with him and figure out what mm-hmm. the strat- strategy is moving forward. But we'll see, see if, if, uh, if the run, run, running backs can stay healthy as well. I think that's the big thing for this Houston offense. Houston plays Eastern Carolina. I feel like we hadn't mentioned the opponent. It's just saying, oh, it's a homecoming <laughs> game. They play the Pirates uh, of East Carolina at home at TDECU Stadium in downtown Houston, 3 p.m. kickoff there on ESPNU. And we all are saying that Houston will cover the 13-point spread. All right, Tech. All right, Desmond, let's uh, take our annual Texas two-step. And uh, because it's, you know, the name is two-step, I feel like we have to stop doing three games in this. So I went oh, back boy. to doing it too, you know, two, two games in the Texas two-step. And um, we look at Thursday night tonight as Tulane travels to the Metroplex to take on the 21st-ranked SMU Mustangs, who we just talked about. And Desmond, could this be a trap game for the Mustangs? Or is this something where they just have another hurdle, another obstacle ahead of that Houston SMU game? Are you talking about Tulane, who's like one and five? <laughs> I, was just, I was confused. I, was like, I, mean, I, like, I mean, but let's, let's talk about this for a second. Houston did ha- struggle with Tulane for a little bit before they pulled away. Are we looking at a similar outcome tonight? I mean, no, but that would be amazing if they did end up losing. <laughs> what is your score prediction for this one? Uh, I'm going to go 44 to 10. All righty. And what about you guys up? There, Matthew and Allie. Uh, we actually, we kind of think it could be a trap game. We definitely think Tulane is going to cover the spread, honestly. We got SMU 40-35. Okay. Yeah, this game could, uh, I think, I think it could prove really interesting. Tulane's defense, when they show up, they can play really well. I mean, let's look back this, look back for a second, Desmond. They were one possession away from beating Oklahoma in week one. All right. And now we're seeing that they're one in five. They've barely really competed. They got blown out in Oxford against Ole Miss and they got blown out at home against Houston. Who knows what could happen in on Thursday night. I think that's the big thing too. Um, I do have SMU winning this one 42 to 30 um, to also covering the spread. I think the problem is that SMU defense passing wise is terrible. And I think that's why I'm saying next week is going to come down to defense because both passing defenses, Houston and SMU, are very similar. So we'll see what happens in that game. But this week, SMU wins. They stay undefeated. Uh, they move to 7-0. and All right, the other undefeated team in the state of Texas, the Utah- UTSA Roadrunners. Desmond, you knew I had to include them in here. As- I knew it. Hey, they're ranked in the top 25 for the first time ever. They, you know, they're going to the American Conference now with the expansion. I mean, this is a big week for UTSA football. They get a road game against Louisiana Tech. Of course, I got a root for my Roadrunners, 38 to 23. I do think, though, this is going to set up a really good game between UTEP and UTSA in El Paso in two weeks. So watch out for that game. Let's, let's switch it up, Desmond. You're laughing too much. Let's go to Matthew and Allie about this uh, UTSA-Louisiana Tech game. Well, you know, UTSA was begging to be ranked in the previous weeks. They were begging for it, and they finally got it, which lets me know that this could be a little of a trap game, a little bit of a trap game. But I think they're going to win 
Uh, we got UTSA 28, Louisiana Tech 17. I like the suspense. All right, Desmond, to you. Do you think the Roadrunners can, uh, you know, meet me all their way back okay. to uh, San Antonio? I almost went with the Bulldogs just to see a reaction, but I don't have enough faith in them. So I'm going to go with UTSA. I think it's a close game. I agree. It could be a trap game, though. Um, I'm going to say 27-21. Hey, you, Louisiana Tech lost to SMU on a Hail Mary. I'm not expecting uh, – Yeah, I'm not, like, yeah, I'm not expecting it to be – a blowout. I'm just saying that I think it's going to be one of those games that's like a touchdown game, and then you get one touchdown in garbage time that makes the score look so much bigger than it really was. Um, so we'll see what happens, though. UTSA, UTEP, I talked about it already, November 6th. Game day could maybe make an appearance to El Paso. Not really good games that weekend either, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hey, Desmond, it could be a it could be a combined like 14-1 <laughs> and one between the two teams, so who knows? Um all right, well, well uh, before we get to more picks, we'll take a minute to talk about the top 25 as a whole. And Desmond, we could even argue that, you know, four teams in the top 25 from the state of Texas, and it doesn't include the University of Texas, first off. Secondly, none of them are in the top 10 or the top 15. What does that say about Texas football right now? Like the state of Texas football, not just Texas Longhorn football, but the state of Texas. Maybe, maybe a bit weak. Whoa, <laughs> let's calm down there, George. I mean, out of all the states, I'm pretty sure we have the most in the top 25 right now. And they're coming from four different conferences. I think we are fine. Just because Texas isn't in the top 25 does not mean the state itself is doing bad. I mean, as you said, we have a and Baylor, even UTSA. And honestly, if you want to talk about it, I think, I think we're just outside of the top 25. We get a win against SMU, I think we're right up there. We meaning Houston, correct? Houston, yes. Houston, yeah. you, you, you know, I think I think you're onto something there. I think if Houston can win this week and, and win convincingly, you're looking at a top 25 team there. Mm -hmm. um, but I think one of the big things is we're looking at this top 10, big 10 heavy top 10. And I don't know how long that's going to last because you no, still have no, Michigan, no. Michigan State, Ohio State, Michigan. You have Penn State, Ohio State, Penn State, right. Michigan. You have all, all these the, big – All the big schools haven't beat up on each other yet. Exactly. And, and we saw what happened to Iowa last week. You know, getting knocked off by Purdue, and all of a sudden now the Big Ten takes this you know spiral that's going to happen. Do you think? And I'm kind of getting to to our next thing. Do you think the Big Ten can get two teams in the college football playoff? No, only because the last three weeks are when like all the powerhouses start playing each other. You know, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State. But I do think there's a chance if Alabama wins out and then beats. Uh, Georgia in the conference championship, but we're looking at two one-loss teams. I do think there's a chance that Georgia and Alabama both can make it in because I think, in my opinion, they're two of the best top five schools right now in college football. Would you say that the SEC has a better chance then than the Big Ten? Yes, okay. yes, I do. Yeah, I, I think though we're going to be looking at a position where we get the SEC champ, the Big Ten champ, the Big Twelve champion, and then because the world is wild this year, an undefeated is Cincinnati. I think that's what we're kind of gearing towards in, in that order. One, two, three, and four. Um, yeah. I think, and I would, <clears throat> I would love to see Georgia Cincinnati again. That was the Peach Bowl last year that has been. I would love to see that rematch in the playoff just to see if Cincinnati has, has like, you know, they've taken a full year to see, you know, what they have. Desmond Ritter is an underrated top five quarterback, in my opinion. I think he should be getting Heisman votes 
I think he's a good quarterback. I think he has led that offense well. We're just not being able to see what you can do against elite competition. We saw it against Notre Dame, and that Notre Dame defense could not stop him. So I'm not going to sit here and make a 20-minute argument about why Cincinnati should be in the college football playoff. But we're looking at the wackiness of the 2021 season. I feel like that fits right in. Um, Matthew and Allie, do you guys have anything to say about maybe Cincinnati making it to the college football playoff? I mean, crazier things have happened, but. I mean, if they win out, it's going to happen, obviously, because they're ranked second right now. I don't see them falling if they win out, obviously. So if they win out, they're going to have their spot. If they play Georgia, they're going to lose by 30. I'm sorry, <laughs> but I just don't see them having a chance oh, against agree. Georgia. Oh, agree. Like, I mean, Georgia is by far has set themselves apart as the number one team in college football this year. So I don't yeah. know. It'll be interesting. It'll be fun. But Georgia has the easy ride if they play them. Yeah, it should be a really interesting matchup, too, because Georgia's defense is, you know, of course, probably the best defense we've seen in the last 20 years of college football versus a Cincinnati offense that as long as it doesn't beat up against on itself where, you know, self-inflicted wounds, penalties, fumbles, interceptions, mistakes, they can compete offensively and probably give Georgia the toughest defensive battle. We saw Kentucky try to do that this past week, and even Georgia couldn't just, you know, couldn't. I think the problem with that matchup was Georgia was giving a bunch of yards and giving, telling everybody, this is how you beat Georgia. Well, 14 to seven at the half, you're thinking, okay, Kentucky has a chance. And then Kentucky just lost it defensively. Um, So I think, I think you make a good point there, Matthew. Georgia has a chance to show and prove everyone wrong about this. You know, they're going to choke. They're going to fall. They're going to, they're going to not get a chance. I think they have a chance to win their first national championship in 40 years. Um, but we'll see what happens. We still have a lot of time. You know, we're only in week eight and, and we still got a long, we got a whole November to go and uh, we'll wait to see what happens there in Ohio. And of course, around college football. All right, we'll get to the, we'll put the inevitable off here and go ahead and start picking the games of the week. And Desmond, let's just say the games this week, it's like trying to pick a, pick a gold nugget out of some sort of like bag of just nothing. There's no ranked on ranked matchups. There's very few games that are going to be, you know, I won't say close, but I think there's a lot of these games that we think are going to be blowouts. And it's hard to put those on here because you feel like there's no reason to pick the other team. Um, But speaking of upsets, potentially Desmond, you, uh, you good over there. Did you get your upset right last week? You know, George, I noticed a trend. I thought about this. After the week that you picked the same upset as me is when I started losing. So what are you saying? I'm bad luck? Hey, that's just what the stats are showing. All right. (laughs) If it makes you feel any better, you know, I was 57 seconds away from not even including my upset as an upset. But if you you look at the scores of the games I chose, almost every single one – was within a touchdown. Oh, correct. Correct. And that was, I think, what happened two years ago. Remember when you kept picking yeah. Arizona State yeah. and you were just, you know. But as I was saying, I was 57 seconds away from almost having a forfeit of my upset because, you know, Tennessee didn't know how to calm down and not throw oh, anything whoa. on the jo- field. Hold up, George. You're making fun of my upset picks? Look, 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 look. I did not think a mustard bottle a, you know, a golf ball would make their way onto the field. Come on now. 
And Tennessee still had a chance to win that football game. And then Joe Milton happened. And we remember why he, you know, was not the starting quarterback at Michigan. So two years ago, um, Hey, I'm getting, going to try to get back. I'm on the struggle bus right now. I'm going to try to get back on the right side of things. On the meantime, I'm five and two against the spread. TCU could not cover the spread last week um, because, of course, I should have known better. They picked, I picked them against Oklahoma. We knew Oklahoma and Caleb Williams was just going to come out, come off, go off. Um, so, yours, my friend, you did get your underdog correct. I'm getting, I'm getting better at it. Getting yeah, yeah. You know, Syracuse able to cover, should have won that game um, against Clemson, but, you know, 2020, hindsight's 2020. And speaking of 2020, we look at 2021 and the rest of the games this week. So we start with Wake Forest and Army. This is an interesting game, Desmond. Army has yeah. the fifth longest home win streak. They've won 15 games in a row in West Point. Wake Forest, they're a 16, top, top 20 team. They're undefeated. They had a bye week, had a chance to get ready for this run-based offensive armies. Who you got in this game, Desmond? Well, George, you know even though I love Army to death, um, Armed Forces for always, but they just always have a one-sided game. And I, I think when you come in with that mentality, there's only so much you can do. Um, so I'm giving this to Wake Forest. They've also been playing pretty decent, uh, 37-10. And you know what's funny, Desmond? We called that Army-Wisconsin game last week to a T. We said it was going to be quick. We said it was going to be Wisconsin if they run the, if they, <laughs> if they pass the ball. And Army's only chance is to get back in it with a pass. And what did they do? They got like a 30-yard passing touchdown to cut themselves with a chance to win the game, and then they lost. Yeah. Like, we, we called that so quickly. It was crazy. But yeah, I'm with you. Wake Forest wins this one, 33-25. Let's go to Matthew and Allie. Wake Forest Army, who you guys got? Um, we are going to go with Wake Forest. You know, their past two games have both been decided by three points or less. So I think it's going to be close, but I think Wake Forest knows how to play in close games. So we're going Wake Forest 31-28. They've done their research, Desmond. Good grief. I like it. I like it. We move forward to the college game day game of the week. They're finally making the trip out to a Pac-12 matchup between Oregon and UCLA. First time that college game day is visiting UCLA in 28 years. Um, never thought I'd see it, honestly. Really didn't think I'd see uh, a Pac-12 game being featured on game day in a while. But I think Oregon is the story here. Oregon is, you know, they're all over the place since they lost to Stanford. They barely beat Cal last week, which is, you know, you could say is the worst team in the Pac-12, not named Arizona. Um, they just offensively, they don't look right. Defensively, they're not on the same page. Kayvon Thibodeau has been out with targeting calls. Look, there's too much uncertainty for me. This is my upset of the week, Desmond. I'm taking the UCLA Bruins. I like Dorian Thompson Robinson, their quarterback. I like the way, call me crazy, but I kind of was on the Kirk Herbstreet UCLA train early in the year. I really thought UCLA could do something. They beat LSU, a team that now is, you know, meh. Um, so I don't know how much that win carries, but I like UCLA to win this one. I don't think it's going to be a game that's a blowout. I think this is one of your typical Pac-12 upsets that comes down to the last possession. UCLA pulls it out 34-27 in the Rose Bowl. Uh, we'll go to you, Desmond. Who you got? I'm going to have to go on the other side of the stick, George. Yes, Oregon struggled a little bit, but here comes my quote again. A win is a win. And they're sitting at the top of the Pac-12, 
it's fun. This uh, upset for you, but this is also my underdog pick because Oregon's actually, um, I mean, you see, he's actually favored to win. Correct. But I have Oregon winning. Uh, 34-30, it definitely going to be a close game, but I think Oregon's just going to have another game where they get a win, but it's super close. Yeah, it's a one-point spread. UCLA, yeah. it's a one-point favorite. And they'll probably turn into a pick where it's, you know, even. Mm-hmm. But Desmond taking his, uh, taking the Ducks as his underdog. Matthew and Allie, who you guys got in the Rose Bowl between Oregon and UCLA? Uh, we think it's going to be close, obviously. The spread is one. So, obviously, they think it's going to be close. We're going to take UCLA as our upset pick. Um, we're going to go 31-28. All right, two thirty kickoff on ABC, and I believe it's the uh, Chris Fowler, Kirk Herbstreit crew calling that game there in the Rose Bowl. So should be an interesting game out west. Meanwhile, on the other coast, Clemson and Pittsburgh battle out, and Desmond Clemson is not the top twenty-five ranked team here. It is Pittsburgh who's in the top twenty-five. They're twenty-three. And they play host to the Tigers. And this is the first time that these two teams have played in Pittsburgh. Um, they've either played in a neutral site or played at Clemson in the previous series. Um, Kenny Pickett, I know we talked about him a lot. He's kind of one of those, again, underrated Heisman type guy who he's thrown for over 1,000 yards this season. I think actually over 1,200 yards. He's thrown for 29 touchdowns. I like Pitt in this game. I think Clemson's defense is good, but offensively they are nowhere near where they need to be to compete with a Pitt team that's just going to outrace them, if you will. Uh, Pitt wins this one 35-20, and they uh, clinch their spot in the national or in the uh, ACC championship game. What about you, Desmond? I'm going to go on the other side of this, George. I think we're so used to being Clemson just being – dominating every single team that they get a couple losses and we just say they're a bad football team, but they're not. I mean, look at who they lost to. They lost to Georgia, but they held Georgia to 10 points and lost by seven, the best team in college football. And they also lost to NC state, which they should have won, but it was an overtime and they lost by six. So this is not like a terrible football team, you know, just not as dominant as we've seen them. And I think this is my upset pick of the week. I think Clemson steals this 24, 14. But Desmond, that offense can't do anything. They didn't do anything against Syracuse. They have two losses, George. They're not – just because they're not, like, blowing teams by 40, they're still getting it done. I mean, NC State's the only game where I would have been like, oh, they should have won that. But even NC State's not a bad team. But they held Georgia to 10 points. How, oh, oh. how many times have we seen that this season? But I'm not talking about their defense. I'm saying their defense is good. I'm saying their offense is just terrible. Yeah. Let's see what Matthew and Allie have to say about this one. We agree with Desmond partially. Their defense is good. They're only allowing 12 and a half points a game. But however, Pitt is averaging 48.3 points a game. So Pitt's offense is just going to be too much. Uh, Clemson's not going to be able to score the ball as much as Pitt does. We're going to take Pittsburgh 27-17. See, Desmond? Tail the tape right there. Only time will tell, George. Okay. Well, you know, 2.30 on ESPN, we'll find out. I guess at 6 o'clock on, on ESPN, we'll find out who have, who will have won that football game. This pit is a three-point favorite at home. 
All right, we move forward to a game that people thought game day could have gone to. Instead of going to UCLA, Oregon, they could have gone to Air Force for the San Diego State Air Force game. Desmond, San Diego State's kind of one of those teams that continues to be ranked every so often, like every other year, and Mm -hmm. find a way to get something done, you know, on the ground. They beat Utah earlier in the season. Air Force is looking really good offensively. Um, You know, I think Air Force wins this game. This is their, uh, their favorite, so I won't say this is my upset. Of course, I already called that. UCLA is my upset, but I think Air Force can get it done um, at home in Colorado Springs, 41 to 34. What about you? Sure. I was looking at this and it was so close. I'm not even going to lie. I flipped a coin to see what team I was going to choose and it landed on San Diego State. So they're going to win this game 20 to 14. Well, let's hope your coin flip works out. What about uh, Matthew and Allie? Did you have to use a coin flip to uh, decide this one? <laughs> Uh, we we actually didn't somehow. I don't know. It's crazy. It's I, We do think it's going to be a close game. I th- do think Air Force is going to pull it out. Uh, they're just, I don't know. It's going to be close. I think they're going to pull it out. We're going 21-17. All right. 6 p.m. kickoff from Colorado Springs. All right. USC and Notre Dame. I'm going to make this one quick. USC is having troubles, not mm-hmm. even on the football field. They're trying to find their new head coach. They're not even paying attention. Notre Dame wins this one, 42 to 20 at home. Let's keep moving. Desmond. Yeah. Kyron Williams is going to run all over this defense. I have it 35 to 10. It's not, it won't be close. Yeah. No. As you said, USC struggled with the, you know, new offense and the co- new coaches. So it's gonna, they're going to struggle. Yep. At Matthew and Allie, what about y'all? Uh, we agree, Notre Dame, you know, uh, only lost in the last five games was to number seven, Cincinnati. They beat Wisconsin 41-13. to 13. We think it's going to be Notre Dame 31-17. Yeah, no, not even close there on NBC. Uh, God help us if – God help them, I guess, if, uh, if this game continues to be the other side because then that means that they've done something seriously wrong. 6.30 kickoff there from South Bend. All right, LSU and Ole Miss. This one, this one's got a really interesting storyline. We've got the the uh, you know Coach O just getting fired and still coaching the rest of the season. We've got Lane Kiffin, and you know you never know what to expect from him. You've got Arch Manning, you know the 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 the, the nephew yeah. uh, in attendance. You got Eli Manning's going to be there because his number is getting retired. I mean, and LSU, you know, upset Florida. You got all these different storylines making it, and it's a rivalry game making it for a really interesting just, you know, what's going to happen. I think this is one of those games that's going to go back and forth for no good reason. Um, I don't really think there is like, oh, it's going to be offensive defensively. Matt Corrals, we don't know what his status is. Um, I have a feeling that Kiffin's just making something up to make it feel like that LSU shouldn't be ready for him, where really he's fine. I do think LSU – takes an early lead, but I think Missouri, uh, Missouri, excuse me, Ole Miss, I think ends up winning this football game. This is my underdog of the week, Desmond. I think this is going to be a touchdown type game, um, maybe even closer. I don't think Mississippi covers the nine and a half point spread. Uh, So give me the points on Ole Miss or on LSU rather, 42-38, the Rebels win this one. Let's go to you there, Desmond. Yeah, I think this is a big game for Ole Miss. Um, Definitely could be a trap game. And then, as you said, um, both the Mannings there, one of them they're trying to recruit. If they have the game, maybe they could, you know, get them to come to the school. Other one, they're retiring their number. Uh, so this is definitely a game that could, like, 
you can play excellent or you can like let the nerves get to you and not play like yourself. But I don't think that Omis gets it done 35-21. Yeah, I agree with that. I think uh Spoiler alert, I think this is where Arch ends up. He's already toured Georgia, which is their run. They're all about running school, so he's not going to end up there. They, he went to Texas last week, and we saw how that happened to Texas. So that's not where he's going to end up. I think he's going to end up at Ole Miss, just like his uncle. Matthew and Allie, what about you all here LSU Ole Miss? Um, so we think that Ole Miss just has too much firepower. Matt Corral, obviously, should be in the Heisman running, I think leading the team in both passing and rushing yards. Uh, we got Ole Miss 40 to 31. Interesting. You've got them barely covering the spread, if at all. Uh, they're on the CBS SEC game of the week, 230 kickoff. Desmond, it's funny, Matthew saying that uh, Matt Crowell should be in the Heisman race. I know. I was thinking, I was like, George said the exact same thing. Yeah, no, he is in the Heisman race, Matthew. Let's, 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 let's make the, the verb is, not should be, um, <laughs> as uh, he was my midseason Heisman Trophy winner uh, there. So see what will happen there in Oxford. But we'll move back to back, back west a little bit to Iowa State and Ames, where they are welcoming in the top 10 Number eight, Oklahoma State Cowboys. Desmond, Oklahoma State has kind of come out of nowhere. Coming from unranked to start the season to the top 10, they're undefeated. They beat Texas on the road. They get another road game. We've seen the troubles they've had against Iowa State in recent years on the road. Who wins this one? George. I don't know. I, You know me, I have – Extremely high hopes for Iowa State. I don't know why. And they've been playing good. They, I feel like the last couple weeks have been playing like the Iowa State team that I had hopes for in the beginning of the season. And, you know, I, I'm not really a huge fan of Oklahoma State. Um, I've seen they're all over the place. I'm going to have to go with Iowa State. I think it's going to be a big shot shootout, probably going to overtime. I'm going to go 58-52. Iowa State gets upset. That's an upset pick. I think we could see a, a potential upset. That is or is not your upset? No, it's, it's not my upset pick. The, the Clemson one is. Okay, okay. Well, you're saying, though, it's going to be the uh, Desmond's Big 12 shootout game of the week is going to be the Oklahoma State-Iowa State with a combined 110 points on the board is what you're we're saying in overtime. Let's go to Matthew and Allie. What do you guys think about this one between the Cowboys and the Cyclones? Um, this one's going to be close. Obviously, Iowa State's favored by seven. Ames is always a tough place to play on the road. So, I th- honestly, I have faith in Oklahoma State this year. I think they're going to pull it out. Uh, I'm going Oklahoma State 23 to 20. Okay. I'm on the same, same side as you are, Matthew. I think Oklahoma State's a good team this year. Um, I think if there is a loss that Oklahoma State takes, it's this one right here. Um, but I think they'll win 38-28 and keep the pressure on uh, – for the Oklahoma-Oklahoma State Bedlam rivalry to basically decide who wins the Big 12 and then we guarantee a rematch a week later in Dallas. Um, so it could be an interesting one there. 2.30 p.m. kickoff on Fox between these two, Iowa State and Oklahoma State. But that rounds out the picks, and we'll get to our small schools. Desmond already talked about UTSA enough, so I don't need to mention them again, but go, Red, go Roadrunners, keep winning, keep it rolling. What about Stephen F. Austin there? What happened? They were on a bye week, right? Right, did they uh, lose their bye week? Is that what happened? It was it was a bye week, George. You know, they had a rest up, uh, and they play Dixie State. So yeah, they're zero and six. 
Easy win, George. Easy win. And they are playing on the road. It's I, I had to look this up. I was curious. Great Z, Greater Zion Stadium is the name, and it's in St. George, Utah. I was like, oh, I had to mention that. Come on, St. George, Utah. This is a could be where uh, Stephen F. Austin's dreams come to die, right? <laughs> <laughs> As they uh, look to hopefully beat Dixie State. Couldn't even tell you what their mascot is. I'm thinking Wildcats, but I don't know if that's right at all. As uh, we close out episode number eight here of the fourth season of the fifth quarter podcast, Matthew and Allie, thanks for joining us. Any final words that you guys have for uh, week eight? Um, Allie? Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks and gig on. Absolutely. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll catch you next time here on the fifth quarter podcast for my colleague, Desmond McLaughlin. I'm George Koff, and uh, you've been listening to the fifth quarter podcast, Giga Maggie's Go Cougars, and we'll see you next time.